Hello and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Kayla and each episode I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. This week, we're joined by Shannon Bedingfield, a Yale Teaching Fellow and a Yale PhD candidate to talk about reflective writing. Hi, Shannon. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, it's good to be here. So we wanted to have you on because we know so many students and parents um, get so worried about writing for the college admissions process. You know, essays are a huge part of the application, as you know. So we wanted to kind of start students thinking about how they're going to write the style of writing for their applications. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. That sounds wonderful. So pretty much this whole episode, I'm thinking, will be kind of revolved around reflective writing. So to start off, um, I'd love for you to kind of explain what is reflective writing and then what it even has to do with the college admissions process, like why we're even talking about it today. Sure thing. So obviously, even if they're, they may not be the biggest piece in terms of like your evaluation, but your essays for most students are the most time consuming part of the application process, um, especially because a lot of them haven't written in this particular type of way before. There's not a lot of need to write reflective essays in high school regularly. Um, and even if you've been asked to write them before, most students are not very well practiced at it. So the idea of reflective writing is that it kind of first just kind of describes a pivotal event or experience, um, and then it investigates the significance of that experience and then it considers what the personal consequences of it are, like why does it even matter? So every strong reflective essay, whether it's an admissions essay or um, some other type of personal essay, will have all three of those components. So the description, the analysis, and then a statement about why it's meaningful or why it matters. And in your college applications, this is kind of almost always a very personal reflective essay. I mean, you are after all kind of representing yourself in your uh, application. So it then examines an event or an idea that, that has changed you um, and that explores how it has changed you and then why it matters that you've changed. Um, and I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this, I think right up at the, at the beginning because I do think it's something that can kind of, thinking about the phases of this essay can really confuse a lot of students. Um, so that reflection typically begins by just description. You describe an event, you describe an idea, it can even be an object. Um, but then it reflects on your thoughts and feelings about that experience or idea. So basically, what happened um, and how do I think and feel about it? And then you kind of move into a, that analysis or that critical phase of the essay where you look at what happened um, and you evaluate or examine your attitudes, beliefs, and values that led you to think and feel those things. So why did you feel this way about this experience or idea? And kind of what was your response to this experience say about who you are and what you think? Um, and then once you've kind of moved through those, and that will be the bulk of the essay, what happened? What do I think and feel about it? Why 
is this how I responded? Then you have to kind of step out and think about why, how you've changed and then kind of why that matters, like why that's a significant change. So how did I change? How do I see things differently than I once did? Um, and because I see things differently, how am I better able to like tackle a problem or how am I likely to behave or think differently in the future? And that's the kind of overall arc of most reflective essays. Um, and this kind of reflective thinking actually shows up in other places as well. You'll be expected to do it in your interviews um, as well. Uh, but it's kind of most famously, I think, part of the essay writing experience in your admissions essays. Um, it's it clear critical skills or crucial skills for um, being able to write all of those essays. Um, and it taps in really closely um, to your the kind of personal essay, the kind of famous uh, personal statement of the common application um, that nearly every student will have to complete um, as part of their admissions process. Um, but it's also true of most of your supplemental essays. So the, the individual essays that the colleges will ask of you as well. Um, the personal essay prompts even use a lot of the same verbs that indicate a lot of the things I've been talking about. They use words like recount an experience or kind of describe or examine its significance or kind of what did you learn? Like those types of questions. And um, they even use the word reflect for one of their prompts. So it's just their, their indications that for all of those prompts, even though I don't actually advocate all that strongly that students follow them very closely, um, they indicate the kind of essay that they're looking for and that that is that reflective writing, that reflective essay. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously called the personal statement. And like you said, the prompts are asking you to write about yourself. So you're going to have to go through that reflective kind of period in that whole process that you talked about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this will be true of, um, again, most of your supplements as well. Basically, anytime you're asked to write about something that you did, like an activity or a demonstration of leadership or how you are creative, like these are all kind of prompts to get you writing about yourself and how you respond to these things and think about why you respond in that way and what it says about you that this is how you, how you respond and how you think. Right. So, I mean, obviously this is a huge part of the admissions process if almost every essay is going to be, um, you know, pertaining to this. But like you said, a lot of students don't have a lot of practice with this. In high school, you know, it's not as common. You're writing more academic papers or research papers. You're not as often asked to write about yourself. So in light of that, when you work with students kind of to get them started practicing this or writing their personal statement, what do students typically struggle with the most? So students usually struggle to make their essays either as concrete or as thoughtful as they need to be. So they're either too overly general or they're too descriptive. So they get one part, but not the other. Um, so you can kind of think about some, an essay that's too descriptive would be like, you describe an experience and then you stop. Right, so you, you kind of present the experience that you want to talk about, or you write about a, 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 an example of when you were a leader, but you never think about what it says about your idea of leadership that you chose that example, or how you grew as a leader as a result of that 
experience. So that kind of analytical and kind of critical thinking phase of the essay just never happens. So you have lots of great detail, lots of storytelling. It might be extremely engaging as an essay, but if you don't really have that, that final, those final steps where you really think about what it means that this is what you did and what it says about you and kind of your principles and your values and kind of how it's going to change moving into the future, you're really giving them a kind of an undercooked essay. You've kind of given them a little snapshot into your life, but you've not given them a snapshot into like how you think about what you do, which is really at the core of the reflective, of any kind of reflective writing. Um, the other kind of side of that is something, an essay that kind of explains at length what you think leadership is and what your values are and what your principles are, but you have like no concrete examples or you don't ground it in a story or an experience or a very specific idea that lets you be kind of concrete and you're just, it's bouncing around too much. Um, and so I think students really struggle marrying together those two kind of angles on their writing. Um, the, the kind of concreteness of the story and the kind of thoughtfulness and analysis and kind of personal thinking, that personal reflection that you need to explain why it matters and why it's significant. Right, and if all you do is kind of explain your activity, then there's not a huge difference other than a lot of added detail than your activities list or resume. You're not adding anything really that an admissions officer doesn't already know from the rest of your application. Right, you're not giving it any voice and you're not giving it any perspective. You're still just recounting the same facts, um, which can be very useful and as part of your overall application, but you're really doing a, yourself a disservice if you stop there when it comes to your writing. Yeah, because I mean, these essays are one of the only parts that a, an admissions officer gets to see your personality, those values, or get to know you as someone other than just, you know, a piece of paper. So it's so important. So on the other hand, you know, a lot of students don't have a lot of experience, but what do you think are the benefits of starting early, of trying to, you know, if your school doesn't offer a lot of opportunities to work on reflective writing, you know, is it important for students to kind of start on their own? I think it's certainly important. It will certainly make it easier on you when you get to that admissions phase, when you're starting to write your applications and you're starting to think about your essays. Reflective writing, like most kinds of things, is a habit of thought. Reflective writing really is reflective thinking um, and, it show, and it shows up in your writing in that way. Um, and it is a habit of thought. And so it's extremely difficult for anyone to do this for the first time when it matters the most and you're writing the applications themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you can start to get your head into a pattern of thinking, um, I also just think this is a, a fairly enlightening way to try to live your life as well and to kind of think about the decisions you make and the things that you do in kind of thoughtful and reflective ways. I think you will actually get better at making decisions and thinking through them if you kind of make this part of your habit, but it will certainly help kind of pay off when the, when the applications roll around. Um, and so kind of cultivating that habit of thought and kind of thinking about why it is you do things and why the thing, why do you care about the things you care about? Um, those kind of reflections and, and thinking about the things that happen to you and the things that you observe will absolutely pay dividends. It will come so much 
like more quickly and more easily if this is something that you're in the habit of doing when your applications roll around. Yeah, I mean, like you said, lots of benefits, including just a lot of stress kind of relieved once you get to being, you know, a junior and a senior and you actually have to write this massive essay. Yeah, you'd hate to be on the dance stage and have only that week to practice ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like anything, it just, you need practice. Yeah. Um, or, or you won't feel as comfortable doing it in front of people. Yeah. So to kind of go more deep into that, I think, you know, now when people are stuck at home, students might have a bit of extra time. Now could be a great time for students to do that practice to start that. So do you have any kind of like tips or strategies or exercises that you would give students to start that work? Um, There are always two things when it comes to just about any kind of writing, um, and that's write more about it and read more about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that especially kind of while you're trapped at home, this is a great time to be thinking about picking up new reading habits, um, thinking about uh, different kind of ways you want to write and things you might want to read and habits you might want to pick up and carry with you once we're all you know, given liberty to move around again. Um, And so I think that's, it's always a kind of key piece of any writing. Um, So I always recommend, there are a few that I kind of recommend to a lot of my students. Uh, My favorite go-to is obviously David Sedaris. Um, If you've not read him before, he is a wonderful example. Not only is he gloriously humorous, like he's funny beyond get out like he's hard to explain to people um how funny he actually is and so I usually suggest that people start there um but he's also a really good example of writing in a reflective style um he writes about very specific experiences often kind of reflecting on kind of times from his past um but then kind of what it says about his particularly his family, himself and his family, that this is kind of like the way they behave and the weird ways that they behave. Mm. Um, There are also some others. I've been a um, big proponent the last few years of a book called They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us, um, which is for the more adventurous students or the ones more music savvy. Um, It's written by uh, a man named Hanif Abdurraqib, kind of Ohio-based poet and essayist. Um, And it reflects on events kind of in pop culture, but also very personal events, but it reflects on them through the medium of music. He kind of examines specific concert experiences or specific moments in pop music kind of culture um, and kind of why they matter both personally and socially. And so again, very much in that very reflective mode, but very entertaining, very relevant. Um, and also the kind of book that I think whether you agree with him or not is going to spark a lot of thought. Um, and that's always a useful thing in, um, reflective writing, but basically you can take your pick. Um, you can Google kind of personal essayists or, uh, the best personal essays and you'll find, a kind of range from Joan Didion to James Baldwin. I um, mean, you can basically take your pick. So start reading is the first, uh, the first thing. And kind of once you get familiar with how other people do it, you'll start to develop a sense for it yourself. So as you, as you start to write yourself. And the second thing is practice writing when the stakes are low. Uh, keep a journal. Um, it doesn't have to be something you have to do daily, although we all have liberty at this point <laughs> to write every single day if we put our mind to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but just start a journal. And there are a lot of students, it's not necessarily like recounting, it's not a diary in the sense that like you're recounting the events of your day, although that can also be helpful if you start thinking about particular experiences and kind of why they matter. But you can also find like journal prompts, like extensive thousands and thousands of like daily writing exercises, again, online, if you just kind of Google for them um, and, and pick some and start going with it. And you want to focus on things that kind of push you to push you to think very personally about yourself, your decisions, your experiences, and then why they matter. Um, and those are the ones you'll want to kind of circle, circle around or, or, or focus on. Um, but any of those, just get in the habit of writing and you'll find not only that you get better and more comfortable at the writing of that, but that you're starting to think more in that way as well. Um, and that when things happen to you or when you make observations, you're already processing them in that same way. Why do I feel this way? Why does that matter? Yeah, I absolutely love the suggestion of just like reading other people's personal essays and kind of narratives. I think so many people when they go to write their personal statements say they just look on the internet for examples of personal statements, but you don't need to look at exactly what you're writing. Just looking at reflective writing in general is probably going to give you even more skills and even more help. I, certainly. I think that, you know, looking at models can be very useful. Um, but I would also say aim a little higher, right? Mm -hmm. um, the personal essay, it's useful in the sense that it is a very constricted space. You don't have much of a word count. And most of these essays are considerably longer than anything that could fit into a personal statement. Um, but again, yeah, aim for something a little more ambitious in terms of like how you think and how you write than where most kind of high schoolers are. Like the, they've clearly succeeded and they've done good jobs and they've gotten into good universities. Um, but, you know, if you aim at kind of the, the, the kind of writers in the crowd, um, you'll potentially kind of absorb and reinvent some of their style or some of their tactics um, and it'll elevate your own. Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking kind of more specifically about the personal statement, obviously doing reflective writing, practicing it is a huge way to prepare for that time. But is there anything else that students can do in general throughout school um, that's going to help them prepare for having to kind of sum up everything they've done in high school? Well, if you try to sum up everything you've well, done in high school, <laughs> That's going to be an awful personal statement. Um, but I think the biggest thing, and I guess this might come, I don't know whether this is going to come as a relief or a challenge for students. I hope it's a little bit of both. The biggest thing you can do is have something to talk about or have something to say. Mm -hmm. So in order to be able to write about your experiences and ideas, you actually have to have experiences and ideas. Mm -hmm. and so be proactively curious right? So seek out interesting, unique experiences, expose yourself to ideas or innovations or breakthroughs in a variety of fields, but especially the ones that you're thinking about as possible kind of academic interests. Um, read magazines, essays, newspapers, watch a bunch of TED Talks, um, watch movies that you think might challenge you, um, set yourself kind of goals to just expose yourself to things that people are talking about. 
um, and then think about what you think about them. Um, challenge your perspective is the other thing. Um, colleges will want to see, they want students who are not just tolerant of other people um, and their beliefs, but can really hear them out and listen and can be changed, right? Or that you can change your mind. They don't want rigid or kind of uh, fixed people. So challenge your perspective. Read people who you might not agree with. Like investigate both sides of like debates that you're, not, you know, you have a pretty strong opinion about. And you don't have to change your mind. That's not necessarily the goal. But you want to kind of try to understand why someone might think differently. And that sense of challenge, which is another kind of word that shows up a lot in prompts, is an important piece of that. So challenge yourself, um, you know, with, with things that isn't your perspective or that is a little bit different. Um, and then kind of go back to your journaling. So once you experience in these ideas or uh, these uh, kind of events or, or unique experiences, like then write about it a little bit. Um, reflect on what you felt or thought about something. And then again, think, think very deliberately about why you felt or thought that way. Um, and is it ultimately this experience or idea, is this meaningful to your life? And it's okay that a lot of the times you'll get to the end and you'll be like, no, not really. Like, it's an interesting idea, but I don't personally respond to it that strongly. But some of them will click. And that will, those matter. And when you get to writing your essays, when you're kind of moving into your senior year, they will stand out. And all of that adventuring that you've done and all of that reading and you know, watching interesting and challenging things will pay a lot of dividends. So live a full life. <laughs> That's think a good, good things. That's a very good point. I mean, you know, if you're just sitting on the couch all day or all you do is study for the SAT or ACT, you know, there's, what are you going to write about? You know, you really have to go out and do things and lead people and have those awesome experiences. Yep. I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try something new. Do, yeah. do be a little adventurer um, and figure out what that means for you. Yeah. And right now, like we said, you might have some extra time to go find those things, read new things, watch new videos. You know, that's an excellent way to spend any extra time you have right now. Yeah, take up basket weaving. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, so especially now that students are home with their parents, their parents might be trying to help them not only through high school, but, you know, if they're older through college admissions. So do you have any tips for um, parents who are listening of how they can help their students kind of fulfill all of the things we've been talking about? Um, I would say there are two general things that I think, again, it'll come as both a relief and a challenge for parents. Um, the first one is be supportive about the stuff that doesn't have obvious academic or application relevance. Mm -hmm. um, so when your kid is interested in taking up something weird um, or trying something new or reading some strange book that you've never heard of and clearly isn't on the Harvard classics list, like that's good. Um, those are the kind of things like that, that particular thing might not pay off, but that attitude and willingness to kind of dive into those things almost certainly will. Interesting people produce interesting applications. Um, and that is a valuable thing. So even if you're not immediately seeing the relevance, 
of some of the things they might be into, like support them in that kind of adventuring that they're going to do themselves. And the other thing is kind of talk to them about them and their interests and ask why a lot. Mm-hmm. So the, this is kind of my job. So like when I, when I get new students and we're talking about essays and we're talking about ideas and, and thinking about what they might want to write about, it, I almost sound like a broken record. Okay, well, why? Why is that meaningful? Like, why do you think you felt that way? And that kind of prompting them to push their thinking further is something that having a sounding board or having a conversation partner um, can really help them develop. And if you're helping them develop those kind of habits to keep pushing their thinking and to, to figure out what does meet it, what is meaningful to them and what does matter to them, um, that can be a hugely helpful thing. So just become that again, conversation partner about these kind of reflective ideas and the things that are going on and the ideas that they're having. Um, in some cases, if you want to do something a little bit more structured, you can try reading things together and then talking about them. Not necessarily long things, although if you want to start a family book club, that's your call. <laughs> but like short essays. Um, and again, kind of let them take the reins instead of you being like, let's read this essay together. Kind of figure out what they want to read and then be willing to kind of do that, do that thing. And if what they want to read is, you know, uh, a kind of book of published rap lyrics, like be open to that mm-hmm. um, and to have that conversation. Um, and that, again, that habit of thought and kind of thinking through what matters to them, what they think about things, why they think about it, really pushing them in that direction can be very helpful. Yeah. And not just for essay writing. I think, you know, especially so many younger students, they don't know what they're interested in. They don't know what they want to do. And starting things like this can kind of, you know, start them to think about, oh, I do like this and like reading about this. Maybe I want to study it later. Right. And even if it, and the other thing is, again, it's about being open. Mm -hmm. So even if something, even if you know, and you're, you're, you're you're grooming your little engineer, right? (laughs) Um, Like, and you know that they're interested in those things having other dimensions is hugely helpful. So maybe they are going to be an engineer and they are going to be a STEM person, but like maybe they do want to like see this weird film production of Shakespeare and then talk about it. Like that will make them, that those are good habits to have and it will make them a more interesting candidate. So kind of, again, kind of be open and not as focused in on the things that you think you kind of pre have predetermined to matter other things will show out and matter a lot as you go along. And the younger they are, the more open you should be about it. Yeah, definitely. I think that's super helpful. So kind of a last broad question, I guess, is just kind of general advice or general kind of words of warning for students or parents who are kind of starting to think about writing for their application, starting to think about reflective writing, just kind of what advice do you have? For those people? Um, I would say don't be afraid to be a little vulnerable. Or I guess you can be afraid, but then do it anyway. <laughs> um, so it, talking about your flaws is a little bit misleading because there are things obviously you don't want to deal with in your personal statement. Um, and you don't want to come across as this deeply flawed and heavily unlikable person who I hope you're not. Um, But you do need to be a little vulnerable. Part of reflection is thinking about change um, and thinking about why things matter. 
And if you're not willing to be a little vulnerable about those things, um, it's going to come across as shallow, which is equally bad as flawed right? and more, more bad than flawed. It, it just seems like you're not thinking about things. And that thoughtfulness about yourself and others is definitely something colleges are looking for. Um, that said, this is not an opportunity just to brag, right? There are plenty of places in your application where you do need to brag, where you at least need to be brutally honest about your successes. Mm -hmm. um, but if your, your essays are not exactly that place, it is okay to, to highlight an accomplishment, but it is also important to highlight how you grew during the process and how you're different at the end than you were before. And so not necessarily what were your flaws, but how was your thinking incomplete? Or how did you become better or more practiced after you kind of stumbled a little bit? Um, those kind of things are important. And, and, you know, again, writing is, the writing portions are just not just another place to write out all the ways in which you are the best. Um, again, there are places on the application where that is the case, but this isn't the place. Um, you, so you want to kind of be prepared um, to show a little bit of that underbelly um, in order to kind of demonstrate why things matter to you. And the other thing would be like, steer clear of the cliches. Mm -hmm. So, you know, most people applying to college are coming out of high school. Um, and a lot of high schoolers have very similar experiences. That's okay. But you want the lessons you learn and the way you think about things to be more personal and distinctive than the cliches. If it's something that you think pretty much everyone agrees with, or if you feel like it's a, a growth pattern that you feel all of your peers have had, it's probably not going to help you stand out all that much, even though it's potentially a very solid essay format, right? Like it clearly fits the structure of a reflective essay. It's just not going to help you stand out. And this is where, this is that part where having those unique experiences and having challenged yourself in terms of the ideas that you've kind of encountered or sought out will really pay dividends. This is the part where having something to say matters. Um, but even if you're at this point right now, you want to kind of think back on the things that do make you particular and that do distinguish you from your peers. And it may not be the most obvious choices. The most obvious choices are typically not the ones you want to go for because they're the ones everyone else is going for as well. Yeah, I think so many students think they need to pick something very huge and very typical. You know, I became the president of this, I did this club, but, you know, a ton of other kids from your school and other kids applying can say things like that. You want to pick something very specific. I know I had a student last year uh, write about hair clips and what her collection meant to her. You know, it's little things that you might not think about as something that someone else would think as interesting. I mean, I guess keep in mind that your, your, your applications are your pitch to be part of a community. Mm -hmm. And so what type of person as you're writing are you presenting yourself as? Are you someone that your reader is going to want to speak with more? Are you someone they're going to want to meet and hear more what they have to say? 
Um, and if you're saying the same things as everybody else, they're gonna be like, ugh, I've met this one before, right? Mm -hmm. They're just like all the others. But if you just have a perspective that pops, it will stand out. And yeah, picking a topic or a kind of a small glimpse into how you think differently than others will go a long way into help distinguish you. Um, even if it's not, again, an obvious choice for your big accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like we've been talking about this whole time, that's where exploring and that's where starting to practice early really comes in. You know, if you find your journal from two years ago where you wrote about something, you know, small, but very significant, you know, that could turn into your whole personal statement. And that's the benefit of the journal is that it starts to train your eye and your mind to think about the little things. So if you journal about an object in your room, you start to see the objects in your room differently than you saw them before you started writing about it. And that's where that habit of thought comes. So when the time comes to pick your topic, you have suddenly an abundance of things that you might seek inspiration from instead of just the obvious things you did with your club. How did you lead your club? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think all of this is so helpful. I feel like I learned things that I can take for my writing for students I work with. So thank you so much. This has been really great. It's been my pleasure. And uh, of course, before we let everyone go, I just want to remind you again that um, we have a ton of resources on our blog. We have a lot of great articles about the personal statement, about application writing. Uh, so I'll link that in the episode notes. Uh, and if you have any questions, as always, you can find our social media at Ingenious Prep anywhere. Um, and you can ask your questions there or request an episode topic for the future. Uh, and that's all for now. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office. Mm -hmm.